Hello and welcome back to the Road to Rank 1 podcast. I'm your co-host Jack and as always I'm joined by Burjo. Coming off a week where Nico Hines decimated us, how did we go this week Burjo? Well I'm pretty happy with my score to be honest. Going into Sunday 6.15 I was very happy with it and I thought you know we're about to see some massive green arrows and then so I ended up on 1193 right which I was like yeah, yeah it seems okay for a non-Hines owner but I still expected to maybe see red or, or, or um, just hold rank. And then got the nice surprise on um, uh, Monday morning that I actually went up 22,000 ranks. Well, I guess because I was pretty low. And I'm now into top 24K. Still still trying to build on, on what we've done. And, you know, I'm pretty happy with how the side's set. Just been missing a few of those key decisions. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, mean, I think I can be in an all right place. I think a lot of, a lot of the people in the Supergo community, like serious players are around where I am. And it's not the end of the world. Like, you can still have a good season being where I am at this time. Well, yeah, it's a long year. We've got a different buy schedule to what we've had in the past with lots of opportunity around there. And there's 27 rounds. So we've got a lot of time. For me, last week, I scored 1192. And I, as well, gained 12 ranks. I'm up to 12K. At the moment now, so I'm sitting pretty well, and as you said, I'm really happy with my teams. At I think my cash gen, I really haven't missed anyone big so far, so I think I'm ahead of a lot cash gen wise. And I, yeah, I like where I'm set up, and I think going up ranks, it's a little bit misleading for us because obviously those at the top with Hines, the gap has gotten bigger there. Yeah. However, teams drop below us due to us scoring well without Hines. So, all in all, we've done all right. Yeah, our team's are in a very good spot considering how well we've scored without Hines. Yeah, so this episode will be looking forward to round five and reflecting on a week that was determined by what side you were on of the brilliance of Nico Hines. We'll go through the team list and move into some strategy talk, pods and our trades and skippers for the week. Getting straight into it, Thursday night matchup is Parramatta versus the Roosters. For this one, we see Joey Manu go out and Drew Hutchinson into the centres. Corey Allen on the bench. I assume that may that switch. That could be changed, yeah. Hutch goes to the bench there. For the Roosters, Jackson Paulo gaining some interest at 520k with a negative 34 break-even. Interesting move. Personally, I don't like it. He scored well. He probably will grab you some cash, but I think there's much better cash grab options out there. Yeah, there's other guys I like at that price, but just on Paulo. So he's averaging 72 on the season. I think two doubles for him. He's had so far. two doubles back to back. He will make money. Yep. If you've maybe missed Kiraz or you've missed Hammer and you need to get a bit of cash down, I don't hate it. I think you can, you can probably go for him. But don't expect amazing scores. Because he goes Para Melbourne Sharks. It gets good after that going Dragons Warriors. But no, I don't think you're looking at holding him. Past It'll be a two, three a week play. Weeks. Two, three week play. And the Roosters' right wing is money, traditionally. Like, it's very, very good. But I don't know if I really trust Jackson Paul as a player. Yeah. He's looked all right, but he's also on the back of one of the better back lines. You know, Teddy, Teddy's been finding him really well. And Sam Walker's got that harbour bridge to him. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, as I said, if you've missed good cash down, I can see you going for him, but um, I'd almost prefer someone like Selwyn Cobbo. 
And I think no Joey Manu hurts him as well. Yeah. Round one against the Dolphins. Obviously the Roosters struggle in general, but they no Joey Manu edge. there. Yeah. Jackson Paul didn't score well and with Manu back, he has been scoring. I don't know how much correlation that has, but it seems like a bit of a desperate play to me. Yeah. It seems like a team that sort of missed a few players scrambling to try and grab some cash in the centre wing where there's been a lot of options in the last couple of weeks. My other thing with Paul is if you've maybe missed, like if you don't have any Roosters and you think the Roosters are going to project to be a good team, it could be a good hedging tool if, if, if you've sold Teddy and you've sold Sam Walker and you've sold you know, all these Roosters, it, it could be an all right hedging tool. Personally, not for me because I, I don't really like this draw. But, um, yeah, no, I can't really knock it. It's just it is a little bit desperate. Well, as you said there, a lot of people sold James Tedesco. Mm. And he's a gun. And even though he didn't score well his first three games, he looked dangerous in just about all of them. And a big score is around the corner, if not multiple, on the trot. He's in pod range now. He's down at 18%. Um, yeah. If you held him, he, I think he's a weapon... Not as much in the next few weeks where they play Para, Melbourne, Cronulla. But after that, the games he does play, mm. I think he could be a good little piece that not a lot have in their team. He scored really well against a few of these teams. He has a 180 against Para, a 130 against Melbourne. They scored 144 just last year against the Sharks. Yeah. So, like, Teddy's that good he can go 100 against anyone. He hasn't looked like doing that this year. But it just hasn't quite come off. Like, there's been some drops, some... Some you know where they haven't found him in support, but um, look if I if you've actually held Teddy through, I'd actually be excited. I would be very excited about what's coming for him because I think he will score well. I think there's even potential in a couple of weeks' time for the Reese Walsh owners to look at flipping to Teddy for a similar price there. Yeah, and I guess it doesn't really make total sense considering Teddy's going to go into that Origin period around that time. However, Reese Walsh potentially does as well. He will be cheap so, too. Personally, I'm thinking if you could possibly even make that move for a profit, Teddy might be someone that I'm looking to move back back on in a few weeks' time. Yep, definitely one to watch. Elsewhere for the Roosters, I think there was a lot of players that may have been sold due to the buy last week, like your Sam Walkers, Egan Butcher, the Cheese. Yeah, they're still getting sold this week too. Sam Walker's third on most traded out. Yeah, and I don't really understand that. Obviously, Sam Walker's a good stepping stone to Hines, but if you had Walker and you want... Well, this is the problem. They didn't want Hines last week and they're sort of scrambling late now. It made sense to make that move last week. It made complete sense at halfback to go Sam Walker to Hines last week if you were... Yeah, so I don't really understand Sort of the, the reason I didn't buy him is buy Hines is because I didn't have a clear route to him. And the guys who had Sam Walker had a very clear route to him. So, yeah, that just seems very reactive to me. The proactive move was Sam Walker to Hines. Mm. Um, for the cheese, I guess, people that held him, I've also seen him being sold to a guy that I'm going to touch on in a second, Brendan Hands, just to free up the cash. Once again, I think that just made sense to get that out last week and move to Sonny Luke, even though Sonny Luke had that head knock. I think you hold cheese if you've got him still. It doesn't really... No moves make any sense to me at the moment yeah. now for him, so... Elsewhere on Para, there's a lot doing here. First of all, Ryan Madison on return. He scored well straight away. 74. He looks like a gun. If he's just starting playing beyond the edge and then he got through work in the middle, 
made you know fifty something tackles. He gets through work, and he's on my radar if he's not playing Origin through the middle part of the season because he could be a gun through there. His production's always going to be good, Matto, but I'm worried about when Wayne comes back, what happens, because um, they're going to have... He'll be, he will be forced into the middle, and, you know, Hopgood's already playing big minutes there. He'll, um... I feel like he won't be playing 80, or... No, I mean, maybe 60 max, because you'd think Wayne and Cartwright will probably go on the edges. Well... Cartwright goes back to the it's right. It's going to be the right edge that's going to be... Open and I'm not sure Cartwright is a typical right edge back rower. He has he has looked really good, Cardi. But um, but you genuinely see on the left edge you see a back row with more attacking upside, true. more flair, and the right edge is generally more of a worker. Yeah, you could you and could. They, they don't get the ball in great positions, and I don't know if Cardi's going to be someone they want there. But that's something it, we'll see this later. This is just why I'm not I'm not keen on moving on Matter now. But uh. Yeah, definitely one to just keep an eye on. If he continue, he will score well. It's the way it's the way he is in Supercoach. He can he has attacking upside too. But um, I'm just a little bit worried about when Wayne comes back. There's a lot of mouths to feed in this pack. So it's just something to keep an eye on, especially with Murchie back now as well. Yeah, Murchie back in the team. Junior Paula out suspended, and Wilma Greg will start in the front row. Hmm. Dill Brown, um, he's been scoring very well recently, Supercoach wise. But personally, the eye test for me with him, he's looked pretty, I don't know, flat recently. Mm. He doesn't look the dangerous player that we sort of saw last year and earlier in his career. I think there's just something a little off about him at the moment. I'm happy to wait a couple more weeks with him. He's had a lot of attack early in the season. So his scores have been well, but it's been on the back of a lot of attack. Normally when we see dual bags, it's this 60 base that he can do. Really, really uh, is offloading and you know tackle busting. That it's been more try assists. Well, we saw a lot of people go Dewey to Dill Brown last week, and I'd I'd still prefer Dewey. And obviously, we both sold Dewey, but I think I'd still over the next four weeks, I'm probably still back in Dewey to score more, even with the tough games. Wow, because okay. Dewey Dewey showed a flaw. Yeah, and at fullback, as bad as the Tigers are, there's there's still upside for him there. But yeah, I I don't really. I don't think if I sold Dewey to Dill Brown last week, I wouldn't be confident about it now. I would look yeah. back on that. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not going straight after Brown at all at the moment. But um, I think yeah, hold 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 Dewey. If you've still got him. In West, you can get him up to Hines like yep. right now. Um, as I said before, Brennan Hands on the bench scored well last week. Um, looked pretty good too. Yeah. But... Do you understand it at all? No, not really, because Hodgson came out and missed, like, eight tackles before Hands came on. So in the first half, Hodgson was really bad. Yep. And I think Brad Arthur sort of said, yeah, that's enough, let's get Hands out there. And he did score a try. Mm. So I think the minutes were higher than they will be going forward. I think he's only going to play 15 to 20 most weeks. Yep. Which you can't have that in your team. That makes looping impossible. Yep. You can't rely on him to score more than 30. So, uh, no, I don't like hands. I think I'd rather just grab Sonny Luke, who's not even going to play this week. Well, yeah, uh, it's, it seems like they're buying for the same principle as we bought Sonny Luke last week. They just want to downgrade, bank the cash at hooker. But hands could become a problem, potentially, if he yeah. is locked into a 10, 15-minute roll off the bench. Mm. Which, I, it's yet to be seen, but that worries me. The unknown there, yeah. I probably wouldn't be playing no, that myself. I wouldn't be buying hands. Um, as we mentioned before, Bryce Cartwright... 
playing well, gaining cash, he's definitely the one that got away for us. Yeah, he is, especially when, you know, we thought Dory had the better job security, but Cartwright's outplayed him. Yep. He's got a 1BE, 387K. I wouldn't be buying him. No, you, Wayne, you can't buy him now at 390. With Wayne on the way. But, um, yeah, be, he's a good play most weeks. But yeah, he's been very consistent, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think nothing under about 55. 59, 58, 53, 63 last week with the try. Really good scores. Offloading. Taking a lot of hit-ups too. Last week was actually a down week for like hit-ups and offloads for him, but he, um, he scored that try. Yeah, no, he's, he's looking really good. Really good option. So, yeah, one well done to owners Wouldn't there. Wouldn't be buying they've, him, they've but yeah. Hit it well. Yeah, obviously not someone you're looking to bring in, but um, owners did well. Good decision. Mm. That's It doesn't probably get them too far ahead. Like, as I said, I'm happy with my cash gen. Cartwright is the one that I missed. Yeah. But I think you, you, there was enough options elsewhere to be just fine. Moving on to the Raiders-Panthers game. For the Raiders, they lose Jack Whiten with suspension and Jamal Fogarty comes back in. So, Frawley and Fogarty in the halves for them. Joe Tarpany, still no attack for him, still no offload. However, he's averaging 63 and I'm happy to take it. I think even with the form that Haas is in, I think Haas is playing his very best football and Tarpany is probably super coach scoring-wise, near his worst, and he's still averaging 63. Yeah. So I'm more than happy to ride this out with Tarpany. He's a guy that's not going to leave my team all year. I'm well, more than happy with the low 60s to mid-60s he's pumping out with really no attack. Well, on the weekend, it was still a day game. It was still fairly warm, but it was the first not terrible conditions that he's had, and he played 56 minutes. The minutes were up. That's the big thing for me. If, uh, if, Tars- if uh, Tarpany plays 56 minutes, he is... An absolute gun for the super coach, and we saw that last year at the end. So, um, hopefully, that offload can develop. But yeah, I think it'll come soon. It will, because we've we've seen how like destructive he can be with it. And I'm not sure exactly why they're not offloading. Like we saw, Canberra as just a team really not offload at all the last few weeks, and I think it will come into play soon. And when it does, he's going to be the best FRF. They struggled as a whole on the weekend, and. Tarpany still scored really well. So, well, then they're not winning games that they probably should be winning, and I think that's it's going to force their hand to play a bit more second phase football. As we've been waiting on it for a while, but I'm not worried at all. Yeah, he's still twenty six percent owned. Um, there's been a few people selling, but there's also been a few people buying him. Like, I think if you're in the market for a front rower at this point, I'd probably almost go Tarpany over Haas. Yeah, I, I agree. He won't be no he won't origin. Play origin. He um. There's room for improvement, whereas Haas, I feel like this is his. This is what this is going to be his ceiling. Is this seventy-five and BNP, ninety with two line break assists and stuff like that? Like, it's not going to happen every week. The minutes are still that they played the same amount of minutes on the weekend. Um, Haas and Tarpany. So, this yeah, and Haas offloaded like you wouldn't believe. So, I think um. I'd be buying Tarpany if I was in the market for one of those two. Like this week, I would definitely prefer Haas. But it, it's a long game. It's yeah. a long game. It's a long year, and I'm more than happy to keep riding Tarpany. Elsewhere for the Raiders, there's not really much doing super coach-wise. For the Panthers, though, Zach Hosking is the watch of the week, coming off a big ton, playing on that right edge with Nathan Cleary, which we expect he will be again this week. Yep. Sorensen probably goes left. 
Last week, five tackle busts, 54 tackles. So the workload and the floor looks really good for Hosking. He, he looks like a genuine footy player out there. And he's a watch this week. I wouldn't go early, I don't think, just because there are a lot of mouths in that edge role that could potentially take something away from him minutes-wise. But he could be the buy of the week next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He um he looks phenomenal. Um, I'm just worried about the job security. We won't know is what worries me. But if he comes out and brains it this week, you have to buy him. Because Garner's look terrible. So... I don't think um, Garner will be playing big minutes. It's more so they have four mouths to feed in two spots and 160 minutes together. So and Martin probably doesn't yeah. come off when he's healthy. Martin is probably guaranteed for 65 to 80, probably 80. And that'll be on that right edge next to Cleary. Yep. And then you have on the left edge, Salmon, Garner, Hosking to fill, and I don't think I think Salmon will, will play because he uh, in the seventeen no matter what, and I think Martin will be in the seventeen as long as he's fit, and then I don't see they won't have both Hosking and Garner. So whoever whoever gets that spot is probably in for big minutes. Well, I think the most likely scenario is that Hosking gets the left edge, Garner drops out of the seventeen. Salmon is lurking on the bench and Hosking probably plays 65. Well, that would be good. He's he still by if that's the case. Right. No matter what, though, we're probably not going to be 100% set on this next week. There's going to be a risk there no matter what. And I think if Hosking is to score more than 80 this week, just cash-wise, it's a must-do. However, if he sort of has a decent game, scores 50, there is risk to it. There's question marks and it could... It, it probably can't go wrong for you because no matter what, there's probably going to be 100k in him if he does have the starting spot, even with Salmon on the bench. It's not a must, a thing you have to use trades on. He, he's got almost caper potential if the minutes are good, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure, because he, he gets involved. We saw it with Brisbane last year when he became relevant around the bye period as a cheapy play. He gets through work for an edge. The other question is, how do we fit him in? I know this is probably a question for next week, but how, how like into RF, how are we going to get him in? Well, I think for a lot of people, it might be a downgrade from Cam Murray, who's we're going to speak about later, but not killing it. Yeah. I think that's going to be the easiest move there, or possibly moving up from a cheapy back row, but maybe a Preston. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I guess that's team dependent, but if he comes out and kills it this week again, I think we're going to have to find a spot for him next week. Yeah. Um, Sonny Luke, as we mentioned, is also out for a week with that head knock that he suffered last week. Nathan Cleary, I've got a feeling this is a big game for him. Mm. I've got a feeling he scores big. Yeah, no, big time. He'll be my vice captain. Um, 150 against the Raiders last year? Yep. Yeah. In Canberra? Um. I'm, yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it's in Canberra, but I don't think that worries me too much. It is in Canberra. Um, last week I w- was considering putting the captaincy on Cleary on And you would have been pretty night. happy with it. I would have had the same Pines, pretty much um, output as I got from Munster. But yeah, I have a feeling he could go big here. And if he doesn't, I, he's still got a good floor because he's just a unicorn and he scores points. But I think this could be a breakout for him. Yeah. It's due. He's very due. He has no, no Jack Whiten on that left edge this week. It'll be a new combination there. It, it smells of 
a guy that's not going to be a captain at all and could bring out a big ton. Yeah, especially when we've got guys like Pelé fighting around who could kill our AEs, so we might not want to loop. Like, let's say Cleary gets 110. Not everyone will loop that. No. Not many will. So he could be just one you just put the C on. I think I like Tom a little bit more. And Cleary will be my vice-captain. But, yeah, I can't knock you for going for it. 120-plus. Yeah. I, I, I just have a feeling he could have a big one here. Yeah. Um, to Ruva, getting through massive work, for me, I don't see him coming out of my side unless anything changes at any point this year. No, he's, he's awesome. That B&P 50 is just... That's what you want in centre wing. Centre wing base is really good this year. Um, we have Kiraz and Maju and Teruval killing it. So, yeah, that when he presents a floor that is so good... Like imagine, imagine when he starts scoring tries because yeah. we've seen so many wingers over the last, I don't know, five years in that Penrith system score a lot of tries. Mm-hmm. And even Tyler's only scored one on the right wing. When Penrith starts to put some points together, which they will, obviously they've regressed as a side slightly, but they're going to score points and Tuba is going to score tries, I think is a keeper for mine. Yeah, but look at look at Warbrick and AKP who present a terrible flaw but still have the upside. This is the opposite. You can play Tuba every week with confidence. Yep. And then the week where he gets a try or two, it's 80, it's 100. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with uh, AKP and Warbrick, you're really you're really hoping for two, three tries to actually get a good score. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, elsewhere for Penrith, there's probably not much relevancy around. Their bench is different, I guess. Peachy probably plays a Sonny Luke type role, I guess. Yeah. At hooker maybe, but nothing else there is super coach relevant for them. Clear into Ruva. And if you've still got Toto, oh, don't sell him, I don't reckon. If you've held him through that buy... Mm. He's he, he probably a nice little point of difference you have. On the guys at the top would have sold him. So if you've still got to, oh, I'd, I'd be happy to hold on to him. Yeah, for sure. He's a guy he could finish the top four centre wing. Yeah, agreed on that. Yeah. Um, South Melbourne. For this game, we see Hamasele come back from the head knock, bolsters the bench a bit for South after we saw Keon Kalamatangi play 80 minutes in the middle mm. into an extra time as well. I think. 73, 74 or something in base. Like, it's not what you're looking at Kalamatangi for because obviously he's an edge and he's destructive, but just seeing that side of him, he's a real special footy player. He yeah. got through work. Oh, yeah. I didn't even really look at that. Yeah, no. I, I did talk about him last week that he's going to be a good option to buy, but um, 80 through the middle is not the role you want him to be playing. No, and that's not the role he's going yeah, to have especially to do with those middles back. But, um, yeah, just a serious footy player. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and even like when he goes back onto the edge, that's what you want him for with attacking upside. I think he plays Origin this week, um, this year. Um, oh, for sure. Keon, yeah. For sure. He's been around the squad the last couple of years, and I think it's about time that he, Freddie puts him in. Especially after showing he can play a full game in a grind like that in the middle of the field, that just shows so much versatility for him. Um, another Origin player playing in the middle for South, Cam Murray. Averaging 61... Underperforming is definitely fair to say. Yep. He's at 660k now. Do you think it's warranted selling him? Um, well, the 60 seems to be his four, which, you know, it's not ideal, but, like, that's still pretty good. For a middle, for a middle forward, they present a 64. He just hasn't got his attacking stats. That's the big thing. Like, they will come. It's only a matter of time. Um, 
I am looking to sell him in the next few weeks, but that's just because someone has to go for Hines. Someone does have to go, and the reality is is he's underperforming. And I, I'm sure he will score well eventually, but the reality is we can pick him up. Let's say we sell him to Hines and grab Hosking in the same week. Hosking goes up, and then let's say he's in his minutes drop, we can go Hosking to Murray for a profit. You know what I mean? Like, when these guys are underperforming, and we've got a lot of trades... Well, I feel like we can do this. We can, we can deal with selling him out. But he's a good hold. Well, I think the worry for everyone and what's turned them all off is the fact that he's not taking as many carries as what we've seen in the past. But I think the reality is there. If he was, he's not going to be able to play 80 minutes. So it's pick your poison. He either plays 60 minutes and takes 15 carries or he plays 80 and he just sort of, you know moves the ball around a bit more to his front rowers. So, like, I think either way, the floor's probably sitting around 55-60, and I don't... The whole ball carrying, not taking as many hit-ups thing, I don't really understand that argument. Yeah. No, his floor is the exact same as it's been in years past. It's just he hasn't been getting attack. When, when that, which, when they had this hard draw, kind of expected not to get an attack. We spoke about it in the preseason. We just thought that... He'd be able to sneak in. We, we thought Souths were going to be better, essentially, and that they were going to be able to sneak. He was going to be able to sneak attack in these first few games, mm. which he did He did in round one, and he hasn't since. Yeah. So, ultimately, I can't fault you for moving on from him if there's something that you can't miss out on, like a Heinz move. Yeah. Like a cheaper guy who's going to gain cash because it's not a bad time to hop off Murray. And sort of leave it because you're paying up for not average output, but for a 61 average, it's probably not exactly worth it. Yeah. So he's, I can't fault holding or his BE is not that bad at the moment too. Yeah, he's not really going to drop ready. too much cash so over the next couple. I'll be holding him. Hopefully, he scores all right in the next two weeks. And my plan is to sell him straight to Hines in one trade. Yep. Agreed there. Um, Latrell Mitchell. Yep. Letting down owners the last couple of weeks, you yourself as an owner are probably best to speak on it than anyone else. Um, what are your thoughts with him in general? Well, thank God I didn't captain him because I did. I did. I was very much considering captaining him last week. I didn't. Um, um, I'm happy for people to sell him. He's going to be a pod for me. He's fine. Um, he's a must hold, I reckon, if you've got him. I would not be selling him. He, the, the, the good score's coming. It has to like he he might he might be a bit hindered by this um this injury, but Teddy and him will be dropping price sort of the same rate. So let's say Trell does this injury serious, we can just go sideways to Teddy. Yep. And the upside of holding him is that he might score 150. He he can score 150. He scored 99 against Melbourne last year. Um, against the Dogs, he scored 136. Like. He's he's Latrell Mitchell. He's an absolute gun. Like his last three scores against Melbourne: ninety nine, seventy one, one seventeen. That all looks good. I, I I'll back him in for seventy plus in this game. Well, for me as a non-owner, I love seeing Latrell owners hopping off because the more that hop off now, the more potential for me when Walsh short of peaks to hop on a guy like him or Teddy, the lower their ownership gets. And, yeah, he does have a little bit of an injury niggle. I think it's a knee that's sort of hindering him a touch, but not many players in the NRL are playing 100%, and he is going to be playing good footy. Yeah. 
Souths and Luttrell both have room for improvement. And his, this level of attack that he's not getting seemed unsustainable for me. I can see, I can see it improving. And when he's already dropped 150k... You can't sell him now. I, I don't understand, like, moving now. I get that there's good buys around, like a Garrick, but, yeah, not for me when Latrell can just as easily score 130, 140 this week. Yeah, he'll score well if you don't sell if If you do sell him, like, it's, it's that sort of thing where it's like, ah, I held him all this time, and then you'll complain, but you should just be patient with these sort of things. Yeah, for Melbourne, Will Warbrick scores a try... 88 on everyone's bench out of my side mm. um, hurts me a bit there however I moved to Reese Walsh who's probably just going to gain as much cash I guess so it doesn't hurt that much I'd love Warbrick's cash jam but centre wing's such a stacked position that was really he was the one that had to go yeah um, probably locks in his spot on the right wing yeah Jennings is on the extended bench this week so He's, he's one bad game away from possibly dropping out. Yeah, he's fit and not been picked. And the other thing is, if um, Bellamy does go the route where Meany goes to the wing and Pezet stays in that side, I don't see that coming, but there could be a chance Warbrick drops out if Meany goes to the wing and um, Pezet goes to six which and Munster goes to fullback. I, I, there's been talk of it, but I don't really see it happening. But just, just it's another factor. His job security is not amazing. With Jennings and that winning factor, so I'm still happy that I held him. Yeah. Because I what? That's something we probably didn't talk about. Is our trades that we said at the end of last week weren't actually what we ended up doing. So I didn't end up buying Garrick, and I didn't end up selling Warbrick to Garrick. I instead did do it to Munster. And look, Munster did did sell it enough, but uh, yeah. So I'm happy I held Warbrick, but. Look, it's not amazing. Like, he doesn't look like a perfect cheapie. Yeah, with Cameron Munster, I think he's another pretty popular buy this week because yeah, people is, are yeah. sort of just confused as what to do at 5'8", I guess. Um, he scored 78, but it could have been so much bigger. Oh, yeah, it should have been. 60 at half-time. Big update. I don't actually know what updated, but it might have been his offloads. Probably had a few. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, oh, it's Cam Munster. However, he did look good in attack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you and expect... Um, you're happy to have him in our sides, the two of us, for sure. Yeah. You expect that sort of from him every week, he's 78 with a potential 120-130 in there. Um, Ellie Katoa, he's a real potential gun, potential keeper. Um, average of 76 at the moment. I, I couldn't be happier for him to be in my side. What, what are your thoughts around him as a non-owner, potentially the one guy... You've missed so far in this season. Yeah, he's the one that got away. Um, I could have bought him last week for uh, Matt Dury, but held off because I was like, yeah, you know. I could do that, but he's already made money. I don't really like buying players after they've already made a fair bit of money. Yeah. Didn't really want to do that. So, um, yeah, no, he's amazing. Uh, he'll be one I'm looking... I'll be, like, let's say he peaks and everyone sells him. He'll be one I'll be looking to get in once everyone's sold. Do you think he will be a sell, though, when he ends up at around 600k? Everyone becomes a sell at times. Like, if he's expensive with a high BE and people need his cash to buy someone who looks like the, the new hot commodity on the market, they will sell him. I just think with Hughes back, Hughes doesn't like using his outside men as in yeah. the centre in Remus Smith and Will Warbrick, I think. 
Ellie Katawa there, Hughes and him aren't affected by Origin. I could, I can see, a, I can see a world where he doesn't fall out of my side at any point because yeah. he's looking great, and I think he'll only get better with time with Hughes once Hughes returns. He looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, potential keeper there for me. Um, Harry Grant. I agree. Yep. Low score. Um, I think we all expected he was going to regress from what he started with an average of ninety for the year. I don't think we really saw this coming a low 40 score. No. Imagine being in the 6% that brought him in last week. Or they, they probably, most of them would have skipped it, skipped him too. Um, yeah, tough score. Um, the Tigers' middle really contained him. Um, it's Harry Grant. You just set and forget him. I'm, I'm kind of tempering my expectations. I'm not going to captain him probably yep. ever. Well, Grant has games like that where he doesn't um, get those attacking stats that are what makes him the best hooker and super coach. However, he will, and for me, I never worry yeah. when that happens. He ran less than he has all year. He only, he only had three runs. I, I've owned Harry Grant as super coach every year since he was at the Tigers on loan there. And, yeah, these scores happen, and you can't worry because he's going to average 75-plus every year easy. So stick yeah. with Grant. Obviously, if you're captain last week, it sucks, but... It's not the end of the world, especially without Hines. <laughs> You're not making any moves at hooker. Yeah. Um, Nick Meany, another try for him. He continues to score consistently. Average of about 71. Continues to be a solid centre wing option. Do you think potentially he's sell-worthy for one of these centre wings that could be huge, as in like a Garrick Marju? Or um, is, yeah. he, is he a hold until Pappenhausen returns? No, I don't think he's a hold until Pappenhausen returns because it will be a sell eventually. Because the draw gets harder now. That's... that's yeah, he's still 29. Thing. You hold him this week. Oh, yeah, for sure. But do you think in a few weeks' time he could be a sell yeah. with some tough matchups coming? Yeah, if he, get, if he gets a 30, he'll, um, he'll start to lose money. So I think you might have to get, like, get rid of him, especially with how much there is at centering. I don't mind him to Marju next week, maybe. Once you, you once you there's, there's not so many obvious moves to make. Don't mind him to like a Maju or um, I guess you could do him to like Owen Malulu this week, uh, Connolly. Yep. Um, yeah, he's a fine hold though. It's it's a good pod. Um, but it's also one where it's like if he gets thirty, which he can do, it would suck. No one else has him. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's great when he scores well because no one else has him. But if he doesn't, I mean, he is pretty. Try reliant and I guess the Storm playing well reliant due to him scoring well off the goal kicking. He's always a risk every week. And when that draws hard, the potential yep. of this Storm team that's not as good as they once were losing games, there could be low scores in there. So he's a buy in round nine, you sell him before that. Yeah. Hundred percent sure. sell him before that buy, I reckon. So and yeah, I think Souths this week, obviously, then Roosters, Manly Warriors buy. Yep. So yeah, possibly a sell soon for anyone who has many, but I probably wouldn't be hopping off just yet. Moving on to the Manly Knights game, um, Tolotau Kula comes out with an injury, I think six to eight yeah. weeks for him. So Morgan Harper comes into the centres there. There were whispers that Garrick could move possibly to centre with Saab coming back on the wing. That didn't eventuate, though. I think Saab's still hurt. So Saab will be back. He, yeah, he's soon. Yeah. Not quite He's yet, still hurt, yeah. Um, Ruben Garrick, though. Bye. Yeah. 
yeah. should be more brought in this week for sure. Yeah, I think it's really bad that he's not top four or five most brought in. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's still at like 20%. Well, in an absolute grind where it's two of the best fullbacks in Supercoach didn't perform anywhere near their usual low scoring for outside backs, low scoring game in general. Yeah, so he didn't get his goal kicks because his team wasn't scoring tries. And he scored 70. He it's, scored it's 70. It's pretty crazy. And I'm going to be without him this week against Newcastle and I'm really worried. Yeah. I, he could be anything. Um, if he ends up on the end of two or three tries on that left edge and they win by 20, it's potential 150. I'm very excited for Garrick this week. Oh, my God. I've been talking him up all year. I finally own him, and hopefully this is the week he goes 150. It's just a massive swing player at 20% too. Like, I'd be looking at him if you don't own Hines because Hines are going to be on by. We'll, we'll be talking Hines later, but definitely look at Garrick. Well, for me, I can't get Garrick or Hines this week due to the fact that I can't boost again. I can't. Yeah, I do have. I have saved a few trades, but I can't use a third boost, so it's not really even an option for me. So I think Captain Turbo is probably the way to hedge that. Yeah. If Garrick was to score two, three tries, they're pretty much all off the back of Turbo. So play Turbo, play Shulstar, and then if Garrick goes huge, well, Captain Turbo, sorry, play Shulstar, and if Garrick was to score a few tries, at least you're going to have something involved with them. Yeah. Um, speaking of Turbo. In a pretty awful game for him, he scored 58. Yeah. you, you got to love that. It's a very good score, considering. Um, um, I, I look at that in this game, and I know a lot of people are going to double down on Nico Hines' captain. Even if I had Hines, though, I'd still be captaining Turbo here. Yeah, I agree. Like, unless, you, I mean, unless you can whoop Turbo, but still, I think, yeah, he's the obvious one this week. He's second right now. Uh, Hines is at 21%. Uh, Tom at 17.6. Grant at 10.7, but Grant will change. So, um, yeah, he's my he's my captain, and I don't see that changing. Yeah. Um, Josh Schuster, is he a must? Oh, he's not a must. Because the floor improved slightly this week. I think it was around 25, mid-20s. 26. Yeah. Still not amazing. Um. I wouldn't call him a must. I am buying him, and I think he's a really good buy. But if I was downgrading like Murray to a 2RF and I could only get one of Ford and Schuster, I'd rather Ford. Yeah. Schuster is really good, though. Like I, I'm, I'm excited to play him this week. I think he, he, the attack is coming. Like he, he may have had three tries in that first game, but they weren't. The try assist that I expect from him. The ones I expect is where he just goes out the back and Turbo goes himself and scores. Well, yeah, that's the problem with Schuster. There's potential that he could just stack up on try contributions because he's the one digging into the line there. He goes out the back to Turbo. And the matter of whether he gets a try assist or not depend purely on whether Turbo passes or not. Mm. But then again, he also... Turbo out the back of him means if he hits Kalmatongi short, Kelma scores... That's going to be an option for a lot of, a lot of yeah. time. So it doesn't happen often in that manly attack, but it, I guess it's it's an yeah. option. Just as, I wouldn't call him an absolute must if you can't get him in. If you've already got, let's say, if you've already got Munster Brown and a stack to RF, there's no need to bring him in. But um, I am, and I'm excited about him. 
Although he's not a play every week. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Good matchups. He's a good player though. Well, he might not even. I think I will play him on seventeen for the fact I don't have Garrick. But it's sort of like between him and Jake Preston, and if the Garrick situation wasn't there, he probably wouldn't even be in my team, mm. even in the good matchup. For the Knights, a couple really good options emerge in the centre wing after a very good win against the Raiders. First of all, Lockie Miller at the back gains the goal kicking. Yeah. Changes his output super coach wise massively. It was a bit out of nowhere. Back to back tons for Lockie Miller. And if you started with him, I think there would have been people that hopped off after the first couple rounds um, where he seemed like he'd have the good base and power, but he didn't look like the attacking upside was there. And he's become, one, a try-scoring option after that Dolphins game, but he's also the ball playing looks like it's improving. And that's the thing with Lockie Miller. He's evolving as a league player and yeah. fullback. No, he's a gun. Um, he's floor looks to present itself at about 50-60, which is elite. That's crazy. And that's without the goal kicking too, those two yeah. scores of 50. Yeah, that's what, that's what you factor in maybe 10, 12 points, and you, you're getting 65 almost out of him every week. The thing is that the price tag of around 670K, can you opt for him over a Garrick or a Maju? I do worry that maybe coaches will realise how good he is at um, running stuff back, like his uh, his his first tackle plays. Mm-hmm. So I think they might start not kicking it, kicking to him. Like obviously that, that's sort of what happened with Toto, and you can see they're doing it to Kiro's now too. That they they're trying to nullify these guys on play one, play two. So just I don't know. Maybe, maybe the base decreases. Maybe if Pong ever returns, he takes some. Like uh, usage off of him, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not sh- like um, tearing apart my side to get him in. But if you've held him and he he was one of your pods at the start of the year, he's awesome. That's a really good player to have. Well, a guy that I think you could potentially tear apart your side to get is Greg Marju. Oh yeah. The yeah. the base and tackle busting ability. We knew he had it. He's Kira's like. Mm. Um. What a player. Like, he was someone that I wanted to start with in round one. Yeah. A ton for him with that one try on the wing. He probably based at about 50, I assume. Right wing, it's probably not the worst spot to be. However, I think he will move left with the return of Dom Young, you assume. No, oh, I think Dom Young's dropped. Is but there? I'd have to assume. He if they want to win football games, yeah. he will be back on the side, and I think yeah. he'll go right wing. But that base and power for Greg Marshall is elite. Yeah, I'm considering him buying him this week. Right now I've got Connolly in there and I've got the money to go up. But what that would mean is I then have to sell Cam Munster for Nico Hines in round seven. Which, you know, it's not ideal, but like, it's all right. So I am cons- very much, very much considering buying Greg Marju this week as a hammer upgrade or a valve downgrade. Well, for myself, with Val Holmes, I think... His matchup with the dogs at left centre this week is potentially big. And if he was to go under 60, 65 in this and Marju shows that base and power again and attacking upside, I would very possibly make that swap next week. Yeah. Um, moving on to the Dragons-Dolphins game. 
For the Dragons, a lot of people hopped on Tyrell Sloan and I think we were proved right a bit with him after he scores 15. Yeah. It was an awful game for the Dragons, but that's the worry. Sloan can go so low and that really hurts you. Um, you yeah, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a chance he doesn't even grab 100k for owners. Um, yeah, in saying that, he goes Dolphins, Titans, Raiders next three. Um he should make okay money. I'm just I'm I'm fine that I missed him, but he'll be alright, I reckon. The the score was very low, but the dragons were terrible. Yeah. So not much you can I still think he'll be okay. Otherwise for the dragons have looked there's no player there even averaging above sixty from their first few games. It's really a bit of a wasteland for supercoach potential at the moment. The little Jack Bird watch, his scores have been mm. down. If they get it together though, Lomax and Sully might be okay options later on. Like they're going to be super cheap, and Dragons play. They play thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. They miss sixteen, then seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. That's the thing. Their buy schedule is interesting. After having that round one buy, they've probably got yeah. the best run out of anyone. But in saying up. that, they're just something's really got to change for me to look at any of them. And then obviously Ben Murdoch Masilla is useless, so I'm stuck with him. But that's all right. Yeah. Um, for the Finns, Isaiah Katoa returning for Sean O'Sullivan, who's gone with a pec injury. Really unfortunate because he was really starting to put together a bit of a resume there. Um, and he really helps that side. Mm. Um, he affects Lamulu, who with a nine break even, 374k, he's a pretty good buy at centre wing. He would probably be locked into 65 minutes minimum, even with the return of Felice Kufusi due to Kenny Romich sort of playing middle. Does yep. the loss of Sean O'Sullivan change anything for you there? Does that does that factor into your thought process with the Lamulu buy? Um, yeah, a little bit. But I think I Isaiah Katoa will be playing that edge now, that left edge where Connor yep. is. Yeah, yeah, I think and so. And for those who watched the trials would know that those two looked really good together. Like, really good. Um, he put him through for a try. And I think one more is going to be fine. He he looks really good, like a really good player. Yeah, very much passes the eye test. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very, very happy to have him um, bring him in this week. And I've just looked. He will be getting centre wing to RF Jewel next, next uh, week. Yep. And the way I can do it is I can go Cam Murray to Marju via Connolly next week and I'm very I'll be very tempted to do that I think. Yeah, not a yeah. bad option at all. <laughs> yeah, because I was gonna what I was gonna do is not buy Lamilu at all and just buy Marju this week. If you can make that switch. But now I can both. get another look, sell Murray, move him up and yeah, it's a very good option I think. Yeah I like that. Um the hammer try reliant again but the tries keep coming for him. So break even of thirty this week, I think this is a great matchup for him. If he doesn't score well in this one, it's probably about time to look at your options moving on. However, if he keeps scoring and he does have a big one here, there could still be cash to leak out with him and yeah, keep riding it. I think he's a fine upgrade option this week, though. Um, he's also always going to be a good holder when the Dragons matchup presents itself. But like, I've got to move him on because one, I want Garrick. Two, I need to get cash for Hines. And you need to have a contingency plan for Heinz, so that, that that's going to have to be my route. Yeah, agreed there. 
Broncos Tigers game, Reese Walsh repays the owners that bought him in last week with an 84. This is an important matchup for him this week as well against the Tigers. If there weren't so many good captain options, if it was a week where we were struggling, I'd be happy to put it on Walsh. Um, he just keeps doing so much because he's a player that if he doesn't do too much, he can very easily go reasonably low, like a Scott Drinkwater type of fullback. But he just keeps finding ways to put guys over and get himself in good positions. Yeah. He looks faster, does he, he not? Does. Yeah, he does, yeah. Um, I'm really happy to be on him. I don't think non-owners are really kicking themselves because they probably have two gun fullbacks. However... He's, he's looking the goods, and there could be a few more good scores in him with these good few matchups they still have. Yeah, he scares me as a non-owner. Walsh does scare me. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 going to be good, isn't he? He did that pass to Cobo. That weekend. was that was an amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. I still don't think he should have got the other try assist that he got. That was that really annoyed me. And I think even some some owners would agree that he didn't really deserve an assist there. Yeah, he did a lot. <laughs> but um. He's um he's the pretty boy. He's gonna be the face of Brisbane. He's gonna be doing everything. They will have to lose eventually. Yeah, yeah, agreed there. And um, I think when they do start to um come back to reality a bit, it's probably gonna be after these good few games. I I wouldn't be surprised if they keep winning, and yeah. then when it gets a bit tougher, they start to come. You you can keep riding these Broncos. So the the halves for them, Ezra Mam, Adam Reynolds. Owners of them would not be happy. 20s for both of them. Obviously a tightish type of low-scoring game. But if you owned Reynolds or Ezra Mam, wow, you'd be disappointed in the same week that Nico goes that big. Yeah. And it just sort of shows the class difference between the upper echelon and your Heinz Cleary. Um, I was going to say Luttrell, but I guess he's not really in there. Turbo um, Grant compared to these guys. Like... They're, they're, they're going to be able to get a ceiling, whereas a good score for Mam and Reynolds is a medium score for a Hines, which is that 80. So, yeah. like, they're cool pods and all, but this is the downside of having a pod. I think it's proved that those important spine positions probably aren't the best place to try and do something a bit different. That's, yeah. I think, where you 2RF, centre wing, that's where you sort of make those different moves. Half back, it can hurt you. Five eight, it can possibly hurt you, because there's just not that many talented guys in the league. And not about, saying that Mam and Reynolds aren't, but you probably just need to pay up for your guns there. And I think that's a lesson learnt for yeah. people there. Although I wouldn't be selling Reynolds if I've got him. Or yeah, the Tigers matchup's too good. I'd be selling him. I'd be holding him the next two weeks, selling him to Hines after the buy. Yeah, agreed there. Payne Haas, as we mentioned before, he keeps on performing. Right now, he looks like the best front row in the comp, and he probably will be for a while. However, with the origin factor and everything, I don't know if you'd be rushing to bring him in with the buyers that are going around right now, because he's one of the most brought-in players once again this week. Yeah, well, it's Payne Haas. He's a supercoach icon. Two, three years back, he was the face of supercoach. Like he, he was our best player. Um, and saying that it's front row front row is not where the points are it's not like unless Haas comes out and scores a try you're not going to fall behind or not, not owning him so it's not the end of the world with um, Itoka Manu peaking soon 
do you think you will be moving him onto a gun front rower soon and potentially paying us? I think it'll be Tohu if I go for a gun front row, which it will be in a few weeks. Um, yeah, because Tohu's just scored a poor score, so he'll um, come down at a bit of cash. I think he's going to be the best value option with the sense around the buys. I'm thinking he plays 13. He's going to be useful. His buy is in round 12, which is a little bit, yeah. but like I can cover that, whereas in round 13, he's going to be a really useful number for me. So Payne Haas not really in your plans at all this year? Not until after Origin. Or even then, I probably might not. You're probably not really yeah. using a trade not at that point. Not using a trade in front row. I don't think I'll ever own him. Um, Selwyn Cobbo, a guy that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago after a few low scores, saying, hold on, it's getting good. He scored a try the last two weeks. He's bottomed out about 520k. There could be a few more good scores over the next three weeks for him where he could potentially just gain back that 150, 200k, I reckon. Yeah, he's... Uh... He can go on these runs where he um he gets up to seven hundred k. Yep. Very easily. And I potentially him. see it here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I don't have room for him, but if I did, I'd be trying to get him. I'd much rather look at him than Jackson Paul. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. We've seen people looking at Jackson Paul. I mean, obviously the break evens look different, but that's not always the best reflection of who's going to gain cash. Yeah. If Cobo has to score a double this week against the Tigers, which you very much could, mm. I would not be surprised to see it. Then he very easily will gain more cash than the Jackson Paulo. So option there, I like that. That's an underrated buy that I don't mind having a look at. For the Tigers, as we just mentioned, Stefano Tukomanu sort of getting close to peaking in price. I think we're sort of seeing that his range of scores is probably going to be between that 40 to 50 range. It's just not all piecing together for him as we probably would have would hoped. hoped. Yeah. I guess the expectation probably was around here, but we hoped that he would sort of develop into an elite front rower early on in this year. He probably just needs a bit more time. There's a lot of mouths in that pack in the middle. Um, the minutes have been there. It's the, the good thing. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it hasn't all come together, though, scoring. No, he just he doesn't have an offload or a talent bust in him at the moment. It's all right. We he, thought he potentially could. He still made us two hundred k. So it's been a, been a good uh, good buy in general. Couple of weeks away from moving him. Mm, yeah, yeah. When I'm um, who's the right price, I'll do it. Um, as we mentioned before, Adam Dewey, sort of just plodding along at his floor. If you still had Dewey, would you be holding? Yeah, I think he's a nice little pod to have at the moment because um, everyone's sold. And 5-8 just doesn't present itself as really having a standout option. Like, Munster should be that, but he hasn't really... He hasn't like had the chance. He's only yeah. played two games, yeah. and he's scored pretty, pretty well in both of them. But Dewey, his four, his four is going to be what we saw last week. And this Tigers team, they can only improve. Yeah, I think they will too. I think a lot of people are writing them off, and yes, they look bad. But on paper, they've they're still got names there, and I think there's potential for them to turn it around to some extent, and that will reflect in Adam Dewey's scoring. He's also um, been really good against the Broncos. Yeah, um, at Suncorp it is, because there was yeah. a um, Magic Round game two years ago. I think he was playing centre against the Knights, where he went 150-odd. Yeah. So at Suncorp, he's got very good... So he um, went 154-21. and 21. At Suncorp against the Broncos, and he went 122 last year. So, yeah, he's got some good scores against the Bronx, but uh, this is a different Broncos side, obviously. 
But just, yeah, he, he'll probably, he could score 80 this week. Would anyone be surprised? Probably not. Yeah. Could be a decent guy that's under-owned after people jumping off. Um, Johnny Bateman. He's a potential watch. as For, a, for a team that looks really disconnected, he's a talent that broke things open for them at times last week. And if he can continue to do that at 600k, he might not be the worst little option, Johnny Bateman, because... He's a guy that can spark attack when he's at his best. Yeah, he's been a good, really good super coach option in the past. Yeah. Couple one bag assists, made 39 tackles last week. We didn't expect him to be the same player that we saw back in 2019-2020 with the Raiders, but he doesn't look far off it. No, he'll, he'll, he'll warm into the year. Um, Could be a watch, potentially moving forward. What's their buy schedule They don't like? play 13, so that's not great. Um, you'd be looking to buy him in probably round 18. If you were going to go that way. So they go 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. They don't miss a game from 18 all the way to 27. So if you're going to look at him, I mean, it's still a long way down the track. I, I wouldn't be buying him until then. Yeah. Um, Sharks, Warriors. Nico Hines. I think we all know the story there. For those who got him, they are cheering. Who didn't get him, they are not cheering. Um a lot of hopping on this week, obviously. Any player that scores 180 is going to be the most brought in the following week. But we're both not sold on trying to make the move this week on Nico. Yeah, I've said it, I said it yesterday. I think it's a defensive move. I think you're, you're trying to protect yourself against a big score this week. But in Supercoach, when you're already behind, why would you be defensive? I know you don't want to fall further behind, but when he's got... A buy when everyone everyone except you is going to have him. Well, he's going to not have him. So what I'm saying is like they're going to have 900k on the bench in around where you can see those green arrows that you missed out on last week. So I think you hold him. You don't go after him this week. You hold off. You hope that you don't fall too much further behind, and then next week you hopefully see a big green arrow. Then you bring him in and you don't have to worry about it ever again. Yeah, agreed on that. I think if you can bring him in without boosting and somehow not selling a gun, like which is virtually impossible, then I, there's probably not an example where that really happens, I guess. You'd have to be pretty lucky. You'd have to have some cash in the bank. I don't know how you could do it. But if you can do it without boosting and really trying to rip your team apart this week... Then fair enough, but I, those people. And if you already got Garrick, I think using a boost to bring just Nico in, like I've seen guns being sold, selling two guns, bringing in cheapy guys just to fit him in this week. And I don't think it's worth tearing your team apart, spending a boost just now. Mm. Like if he goes 120 this week, you know, so be it. That those points that you you may lose like 50 points if you go do it to Hines this week. Yeah. Using that boost and tearing your team apart now, selling guns for it, you, that 50 points can easily be made up later. Mm, and It's a long year. I don't think people are, people are really underestimating how much of an impact a 900k player being out for round uh, six is going to be for next week. It's, it's, it's a big loss. That is someone who takes up like a big chunk of your salary cap that we're not going to have... So we're gonna. We're, that's where we need to make up this ground that we've already lost. It's not this week being defensive, bringing him in. You don't make up ground through that play. 
It may, like in that round, it may be the difference from you playing uh, Adam Dewey for a ton to a Josh Schuster for a 20. Yeah. Like, you, you could make up those points straight away the next round on those Heinz owners, potentially. Like I, like I said, I can't fault bringing him in this week if you don't have to boost and don't have to do too much for it, but I just don't understand tearing but your team you, apart. You could be forced into playing someone you really don't want to play in round six. So let's have a look. You've got Warbrick against the Roosters that some people will be forced to play. Your dogs boys, Alamotti, Preston against Souths, not ideal. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be playing those guys that week, yeah. and I think a lot will be. Panthers play Manly, so Schuster's not a play. And, well, I mean, you obviously got Garrick and Turbo. But um, Taruva against Manly, you probably still play, but it's not ideal. Um, you definitely play Titans, guys. Uh, yeah, other than that, it's not too bad. But there's a few guys you don't want to be playing. Well, Alamotti and Presti, Preston... Um, Feature in 17s quite often at they the moment, do. so yeah. I think there'll definitely be people that people will be relying on them in their teams come round six. So yeah, I think try and stick to your guns as much as you can. Obviously, we got it wrong with Hines last week; we got it very wrong. However, you've got to move from now. Yeah, and that's put us a couple hundred points behind. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the way to make up those two hundred points is matching it this week. No, no, I agree. I'm, I'm, I completely agree with that because you're going to have time to make it up. Just, just yeah, I, I can't buy him this week. People using a third boost to get in Heinz this week, that boost can make us so many more points up. People are underestimating rounds. the buyers. Like, I really think people are underestimating the buyers that we have a much more complex buy system this week, this year. And I don't know, there's a lot of new, newer players who probably won't be able to deal with it and hopefully we can you know get ahead on that yep for the Warriors Tamari Martin's out and Ronald Volkman comes into 5-8 Wade Egan also returns to hooker so a big return there for the owners of Wade Egan big return for the Warriors because he's been good for them as well really good this year Um, Tohu Harris named after seemingly sustaining an injury but it must only be minor so probably not much of a worry there for owners maybe we'll Likely a minute's hindrance, probably only plays 65 with it, but I still think that's a fine play for all owners. You're not worried about that. Jackson Ford, is he a guy? I think he's the buy of the week for yep. me, if you don't have him. Um, 13 hit-ups for 109 metres, 40-odd tackles, getting through lots of work. I think he's just about as locked into 80 on the edge as anyone is. Um, I think you've got to bring him in. Yeah, I'm lucky enough or... Unlucky enough. Yeah, considering, maybe not lucky considering enough. Considering I played him for four in yeah. round two. Yeah. To own Jackson Ford already, he looked amazing. He's not only super coach wise, try savers. He yeah. had multiple try savers. From a footy perspective, he's looked great. He was absolutely amazing. And that's just all the more confidence for super coach that he's got that left edge lockdown to 80. Oh, I yeah. Yeah, no, I think. Because I've heard some people say, oh, we don't really know how it looks like. Because, you know, Jackson Ford, he played 80 with Tohu, went down and stuff. No. He'll play 80. Bailey Sirenen or Curran, whoever's on the bench, they come onto Nair Corre's edge. Yeah. And you as a Nair Corre owner would know more than anyone. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm very familiar with that Warriors rotation and Ford is set. Mm. I really wish Ford wasn't set to 80 on that edge and it had to be Nair Corre on the other side, which I gambled on happening and hasn't. It's not going to change. Yeah. Ford's been great. Um, He's got a great motor. He doesn't struggle through those 80 minutes, so... He's a gun. 
Bring him in. Don't think about that twice. In that, but the on the other hand, his break even's still twenty two. So yeah, you can wait a week. You can wait a week if if you're not sold, which I am. If I didn't know him, I thought I would be buying him. But if you've got other moves you have to make, yeah, it's fine. I find out off and just wait a week. He he can do his ACL on the weekend. I mean, anyone any player can do that. But like, he's, he's not getting away. You don't have to go that early on him, Mike. He's, he still could score really well. And just a side note on the Warriors, they look like a really good defensive unit, and I don't think they're a team that you'd necessarily want to target captaining against. Yeah. Like Hines against them this week, you're captaining Hines because it's Hines. Yeah. However, if it's a week and you're looking at who's got a good matchup, this isn't a good one. Um, final game of the round, Dogs versus Cowboys. Um, Jacob Kiraz, he keeps producing for us. I think he's just under 740k now, so I don't think you can bring him in if you did miss it. However, he's he's a serious one that people who didn't hop on mm-hmm. would be ruined because he's just about the best player in Supercoach right now around Nico. Yeah, I still don't hate him as a buy, to be completely honest. Um, he's not on the list at the moment, most traded in. But yeah, he's the he scored the most points so far. Yeah. Averaging a touch under 90. Yeah. You know, four of about 50 every week, like... You can't ask for much more, and it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. The, the production is so safe. The yeah. job security level is so safe, whereas a guy like Marju, we're not 100% sure. Um, he's a top four centre wing. That's, right. that's, that's why I don't think he's a bad buy. Even well, if, Yeah, it was more yeah. a prediction before, but now it looks pretty safe. We know, yeah, and just sucked into those who um, didn't want him and said, hey, I don't believe it, I don't buy it. Yeah, well, have a look at him now. Um, Alan Motti and Jake Preston Both with 40s this week I guess it shows a solid four You're not complaining about those two being 17 Probably watching to play on matchups Especially more of an Alan Motti Because you don't really want 40s in there When you can avoid it um, Franklin Pele also named on the bench Which I guess is more just problems for looping Because I don't see him getting more than 20 minutes Off the bench in this side which spells just about a ceiling, about 25 for him. Yep. And last game of the round, we're not going to know what he's scored. So I think for people who are planning on considering a loop around Cleary and Turbo or Turbo and Hines, it may, you may not want to be looping anything under 120. Well, who owns Pellet? Uh, how many? He's in 20% of teams. So that's a fair lot. A lot of you guys out there. Um, yeah. I'll, it makes looping hard. I, yep. I do agree with that. But I do think... I do think he'll be useful eventually, Pele. Like I do think if there's a if there's yeah, don't don't bother trying to get him out. We've said this for a while. He can maybe score a try. Yeah, that's the thing. He doesn't really need to develop into a bigger role. All he needs is to crash over, and all of a sudden there's fifty in his rolling average, and he, he might eke out hundred k somehow. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> somehow you find a way that you can sort of get him out his side. But even if he doesn't, it's fine. Yeah, it's, no, it's he's a, not. He's not killing your fourth round row spot. Um, for the Cowboys, um, Jeremiah Nanai suspended, Murray Talangi out. Um, they just keep getting weaker with their stocks, the poor Cowboys. They're really coming off a breakout season for that team. They're really struggling early on. Yeah, I, I sort of think because of all these injuries, a lot of the ceilings on these guys are sort of capped. Like, I think, I think we're about to go into it with Val. Yeah, Val Holmes is the big one here. Um, obviously, there's been good scores for left centres against the Dogs the last couple of weeks. Um, it was Viliami Valea. And Naden. Last week, yeah, and Brent Naden for the Tigers. So two 
two players that aren't super coach relevant whatsoever and two teams that aren't known for scoring heaps of points have scored well there. Um, so you, this matchup could spell points for Val Holmes. It looks like it, yeah. But if he doesn't, I think his time could be done in a lot of teams. Yeah, um, I th- yeah, yeah. I think he, he could be easily selling next week. I'm selling him, not because someone has to go for Garrick or something like that. It, mine is because someone has to go for Nico. And my easiest way to get Nico will be going Val to Lumuwu, and then I'll hold that 300k through the buy, and then I'll go Murray from via Schuster and Katawa to Hines. Which is, it sucks, you've got to sell a few guns, but these guys aren't performing up to standards. And I look at Connolly, and he's scoring about the same as Val, and they've had about the same amount of attacking stats. 300k cheaper. 300k cheaper. We'll I be getting dual. People are underestimating the value of that duel. As, we, as we've said, there's not many we have no one. Refs. We have no one this year. Connolly, I, if he continues to play good minutes, I could end up holding more year just because of how, how good that duel is. Like, it's going to be really important. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I'd make the move if I didn't have to boost yeah. personally. But um, I can't use a third boost myself. I don't even consider an option. For Holmes, though, this could be his last week in my side if he misses out here because that good draw that we all banked on with the Cowboys, it's not really coming to the, him. The ceilings are capped with this team. I really think so. I just don't think they're... Um... The middles isn't the same. Like, yeah. the production from them is very, very far off what it was last year. And Tamalolo they keep losing outside playing? backs. I did hear Tamalolo had a little bit of an injury through the week. Um, I assume he is named, but... Uh... Well, they have Riley Price, son of Steve Price, on the bench for his debut. Oh, wow. It's a bit of a interesting one there. Helam Lukey obviously comes onto the edge, and I think he might take Cohen Hess's spot moving forward if he continues to perform there. Mitch Dunn also on the bench, and Jermaine Tanoa Brown with Granville. Gee, that bench is skinny. Okay. Griffin Neem starting as well as last week, so... Yeah, I worry about this team ceiling to score a lot of points. Obviously, the two halves are there. But what can they do when this is the pack? It's only really Tamalolo who's who's left. Like McLean is solid, but like Tamalolo, they're going to be leaning on him this week. So yeah, if, if um, Val struggles to score this week, if he goes under sixty-five, there's too much going around on around him for him to stay in my team underperforming, and I think he might, might go. Yeah, that's that's completely fair. However, in saying that, there could be a couple of tries for him. He probably will score well because I'm selling him. But my my thing is, I'm 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 absolutely fine if he scores well because I have to get Heinz. I have to get him eventually, so um, I need that cash. So Valder um, Wamuwu just makes sense for me. Yeah, that finishes up the round preview for us. Moving on to the strategy talk, coming off a Nico one eighty. Do we expect there'll be more frequent scores of, you know, 150 in the coming weeks? Do you see that as a possibility or do you think that's going to be an outlier? Well, when I look at how many players I think actually can score 150, it's few and far between. Mm. I think there's a lot of guys whose ceilings are capped at 120. And, I, and when I, even I look at Cam Munster in my team and I don't think no. he can get 150. I don't think he can either. I think it's really Cleary, Hines, Turbo and... Even Luttrell. I, I think those four. I think those four. As well as big base wingers like Kiraz Maju. If they score a hat-trick. Well, possibly even two. Yeah, yeah. Kiraz Maju, I think they only need two. Yeah. Maju, what do you score? 120 with... Two tries. Two. But 
but but uh, they're potentially like. Have you seen just? Just as a bit of a caveat here to Marju, have you seen some of the stats from him from that game? Yeah, it it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So I, they're the only other ones that I'd sneak in there as guys that can score 150 around your Cleary, Hines, Latrell, Turbo. I'd say those wingers that just have massive Teddy. base power. Yeah, Teddy, sorry. Um, he had 24 in tackle busts, 41 in hit ups. That is ridiculous base and power. Were there any offloads? Don't, he's not really an offload. No, yeah. no offloads. He's not really an offload type. He's of not, but potentially I'd put them in that same category. So I don't think we're going to see frequent scores that big. Mm. However, it's not going to be an outlier as such for mine. I think we will see more of them coming. And we've, in the first few rounds, we saw you know very little tons going around for the guns. Mm. I think they'll become and more frequent. How we've had a much closer league this year. That yeah, that that's a that's a factor. That will I feel like that will drop off and. Sides will differentiate themselves from others and there will eventually be blowouts. We've just seen our first one on the weekend. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, these players still have ceilings, like Turbo. He's got 100 doing nothing, really. Yep. Like, Yeah, so... I do expect more 150 scores. Yeah, for sure. Is cash still the priority as we're still building our teams? Um, okay, so... For you, I'm, for you. Yep, so cash is still a bit of a priority for me. But it's if I can get a guy who's going to score the same or better for cheaper. And that's what I'm doing with Connolly here, who's going to make me money, and he's scoring about the same as Val. But, look, if I'm looking at moving on Murray to Ford, but I also have Dury that I can move to Ford, I'd rather move Dury because, like, I still want points from Murray. Yep. And he, he could still score 100. It, it doesn't look like it, but he still could. So, um... Yeah, yeah. It also depends on how much you've already made. If you're, if you feel like you're a bit behind, maybe you've missed Katoa like myself, or you've also missed, or you've missed a centre wing like Hammer, maybe. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get maybe getting a few more cheapies in. It's not too late. There's still a fair few negative BEs out there, like mm-hmm. a like a Connolly, like a Jackson Paulo. I don't love that, but um, yeah, it's it's not exactly the priority, but it's still it's still it, it always helps. But I'm not buying Jonah Pezet because of a negative BE when halfback is such an yep. important position, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree on that. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add there, I guess. Like, for me, I'm prioritising it this week big time. My trade-ins this week being Jackson Ford and Schuster and missing out on the potential for a somewhat sideways trade to Garrick. But I think that's more the fact that... You want to free up money? Well, not even freeing up money, I guess. I don't think I... I'm going to gain enough points out of moving to Garrick because if I'm moving to him, I'm moving from uh, one Val Holmes or a Nick Meany that potentially don't score that much less than him. It's a value of a trade, yeah. So And a boost. And if I wasn't to get the Schuster as well, if I was to move that move, move that move back a week, I'm not missing on that much money, but then that's just another week that... Kalen Ponga is still sitting in my team. So yeah. I think that's got to happen now. And yeah, yeah I guess if you don't think you're losing that much points, then yeah, take It's the very team dependent. Yeah, it's very team dependent. But yeah, it's not exactly the priority anymore. But uh, if you're up the top, cash gen always helps. It's, yep. uh, it's never going to hurt you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how do we pick our centre wing coming off a couple of boom cheapy scores from um, Campiera and Will Warbrick? How do we pick them? Um, week to week. I'm just doing it based on what I know, the numbers and the matchup, because 
I don't want to be doing it off gut feel. Like if I, because if I go through and do all the research myself, look at look at the numbers, look at what wings are conceding, what wings are scoring. If someone looks like they're about to score a try, like you know, if it, if it looks likely, uh, and I've done all that work, I can't be mad at myself for playing them. Yeah. Because I've done the work myself and it just didn't work out. It's bad luck. Well, I think the example of that is Campiero this week. Yeah. Which you you said it's a good matchup. Like teams have scored well on that left wing um, against the Cowboys. Um, yeah, I think, who, who was it the week before? Was it was it? Marcelo Montoya scored yeah. a hat trick on them last the week before, and I saw that and I was like, "Yeah, well, the the Titans are a left side dominant team, and that Cowboys right edge with with Shibasaki, uh, he eventually got moved over to the, the left wing as well, and Granville ended up at right centre. Like, yeah, factors there. That that reshuffle definitely helped me, yeah. but yeah, I, I still thought Campiero was going to score a try because they were left side dominant, and this right side for the the Cowboys looked looked leaky. They can, they've conceded a lot of tries, so I thought it was a really good option. And um, I played him, and it's not just looking at the team that they're playing. It's looking at the matchup because that, um, that Melbourne Melbourne wing, which AK, AKP, the Melbourne right wing is traditionally always a leaky edge. Yep. And Campiero scored a double there as well. Yep. So it's not just looking at the team, it's looking at their actual wing matchup. And I think that centre wing isn't exactly a place to go for gut feel either. No. We often say back your gut and that's like a trades type of thing. I think when you're playing your centre wings and your outside backs, do your own little research, have a look how matchups have gone specifically there in the past month or so and pick from that. Yeah. And I, I really wanted, if I didn't buy Munster, my captain last week would have been Jacob Kiraz. And that was because the Warriors... Left edge had conceded four tries in the first three rounds there, four rounds there, yep. and that um, was like, yeah, okay, Kiaz will probably score, and he did, and he got ninety two, which is a really good score. So I would have been happy with that, but um, you know, you just got to look at what these teams are conceding, and the same thing, it didn't eventuate, but I did the research on Hammer and that the Broncos. Um, have been conceding very small amounts to fullbacks. Yeah. So I, 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 I sat hammer for for KKP. So I, that that was a bit of an outlier try. Was, I guess it, it was an odd situation. I yeah. Think Carrigan probably should have got there. Like, yeah. Not much you can do about that, I guess. But um, yeah. No, just just do your research. Look at positional starter. It's much better than um. Obviously, there can be outliers. Like you look at the Brisbane fullback data might be a bit misleading because Drinkwater scored one. But when, when teams are conceding tries to certain edges, certain wings, they're going to be good plays. It's likely to repeat. Yeah. Um, how long until we start thinking about the buyers when making trades? Is N- the time now? Now. I think now. Or from now. Because we are, yeah, we can't be, we can't be getting fallen behind on buy planning. It's, it's, especially when me and you are already not exactly up, up in the rankings. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, buy planning's everything. Um, it's if you're choosing between two guys, it's go the one factor. that plays the round thirteen. Yeah, big factor. Or go the guy that doesn't have a buy and still plays round thirteen. So like, we're back on Cobo and Paulo. Um, Jackson Paulo uh, won't play thirteen, and Cobo does, I believe. Yep. So Cobo, much better option. 
Yeah, I, I think it's never too early to, I guess, think about it. Yeah, like you said, when, when you're looking at two players, it is a factor. It's like thinking about guys that play origin, guys that don't play origin. It never hurts to factor that in, and I think now we're starting to get into that lead up to yeah. that buy period, and that's where it starts to come in to but play. And if you the, have a few extra players in that mm-hmm. time, it's big. Yeah, and on the on the other hand, um, I think this is sort of the time where you can start culling guys. If there's someone who's actually going to play around 13, but um, you don't really want to hold them to there, don't you don't have to hold them. You don't mm-hmm. have to hold them all the way to the but you can cull one of them. Don't don't use it. I'm more talking about when you're buying people. Buys matter right now. But if you're if you're selling someone who needs to be sold anyway, don't just hold him because he's going to play around 13 in five six weeks. Yep. So it's a long way away. So um, don't stress too much yet. But yeah, definitely um, in terms of buys, um, we're going to be wanting to look at buying people who will be playing around 13. For sure. Moving on to our pod section, three pods of the week. We've got three super pods this week, all under 3%. Yes. Very low owned. Potentially watches. However, ownership very low, very tempting. Who have we got here? Okay, so going early on Hoskins, um, I think it's a, it, it, it's completely viable. I, if running at Jack Whiten. Running at well, with Jack Whiten's hole. hole. Yeah, the absence of Jack Whiten will be where we're running. Um, with Cleary there again, oh, it's just could be another ton. Yeah, it's good, right? Yeah, I I really don't hate going early on it. Um, you don't have to, but yeah, it's mm. it's going to be a good part of ownership in a team that can score points. They might score forty this weekend. Playing with the best halfback. Yes. Yeah. Ceiling there. Who else we got? Uh, Sifa Talakai. Um, looked alright last week. He he's just. Super coach gun in the past. The return of Hines yep. is important for him. He's a one point six percent. Yeah, very low. For He's a guy here that was based a gun. on what he can do and what we saw last year, where he just went ballistic against Morgan Harper. Like um, when Talakai's on, he dropped score, a bit of cash on the six hundred k, and he's only going to get cheaper. Um, I wouldn't buy him now because he has a buy next week. After that buy, After though, that buy. no origin potentially. <sighs> like, could nice. be, could be a watch. Um, yeah, no, especially if. Like, like last year where the Sharks centres just looked so good um, you might go him over one of the wingers so we just, saw Ramian cash in this week it could be Talakai it can next. be any of them on any given week yep. and yeah so you, uh, we've got Talakai written down but it's really Katala Mortalo Ramian Talakai all of, all of them after the bye yep. keep an eye on them they're all good pods finally CHN, um, a goal kick on the weekend, which I thought was funny. Um, that won't last. Yep. With Fogarty back, that's that's Yeah. Now. He is a guy who perennially, when he gets minutes, he's always a super coach option. And that's what's interesting. He's been getting the minutes, however, hasn't cashed in with the points. And at 430k, I just think the minutes are there for him. There's potentially scoring around the corner. And as I said before, all the offloads have been put away. For yeah. the Raiders team in general, does he normally offloads? If like he gets that going, he at one point four percent, four hundred k, like he could be just as good as these other mid range back rowers that we look to start with because he's yeah. he's a pass gun. Keep an eye on his role, where like where on the field he's actually playing. If he's on the edge, if he's through the middle, yep. Um, because yeah, his offload is normally really good. He runs a good line. He chases every kick. The amount of tries I've seen him score of kicks. like Yeah, he, he ends up in the right sort of position, and he's been a guy, I think, the last couple of years 
when the app first comes out, everyone goes, oh, he's underpriced, get him in, and it just hasn't really eventuated for him. However, the role's starting to develop, and if he can turn that into some points, could be a real cheeky play here. Yep, so their buy's round eight. They go 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. They don't have another buy till 16. So, I mean, it's still a long way out, but, like, yeah, one to keep an eye on for over-origin. He could, um, if, if these this sort of scoring increases. Yeah, um, finally, we are going to start a little segment where we have a look at the Supercoach leaders team, the number one overall, see what they have the done The TOS right. Sharks, yeah. And sort of just, I know, compare what they've done to do well, what we want to fade from there, I guess. A few interesting ones, Ezra Mam. In there, definitely an interesting one at 5'8", as well as Sam Walker being held through the bye. Yeah, no Cleary. Interesting plays at halves. Yeah, no Cleary, no Latrell Mitchell. Yep. Reese Walsh is in there. The biggest thing that stands out with me in this guy's team is his cash gen is ridiculous. Um, obviously, most points would be most cash gen. Yep. But 13.4 million, and I look and try to find out why how, and how that's happened... It's because he's missed big price drops. Yeah, he's missed the Cleary and the Trail. Yeah. Um, Tedesco. Um, Wade Egan's also in there. Yep. It's got Tom and Walsh who are going to make money. Um, so what, what, what do you take from this? I'm interested to see what he's going to do this week. But, uh, yeah, he's, got, he's already got Garrick, already got Hines. Um, maybe downgrades Val. Yeah, potentially. That could be interesting. Um I just think what I'm taking from it is my side's not that different. Yep. It just shows the decisions like captaincy, reserves, and, and trades for each week impact so much because my side's not that different. Like, yeah, he's got hearts, but I've got Tarfany. It's not that different. There's, there's about, at the moment, there's like 12 points separating those guys, and that could even out. Mm. I think it just means don't freak out. Yep. Your team's not that different to what there is. At the top. Yeah, but in saying that, I've got some good pods on him. I've got Fafita. He doesn't have Fafita. Like, I've got Munster. He's in that Munster. I've now got Connolly. Let's hope Connolly can go for a try. And yep. that that's a pod. Like, and I've got Latrell. Latrell's my big one, obviously. That's the one I'm really leaning on. So, like, there's going to be room to make up on these guys. And I, I suspect that a lot of the teams around TOS Sharks rank are, are pretty similar to his. So th- th- don't panic, guys. There's still a long way to go. Long season, still more than 20 rounds remaining for Supercoach. There's time. Don't make silly moves yet. So leading on from that, trades and skippers for the week, what are your moves? Okay, my moves are I'm boosting for the second time. Yep. Um, but this is not... This is boosting now because I like the cheapie that is on offer this week. Instead of boosting when I need to buy Heinz... And getting the cheapies then, because they might not be as good. Yeah. Um, so I'm going out, Kaylin Ponga, Hammer, and Val. Not ideal selling those two, but I've got to buy these guys, and someone's got to go for go for Heinz. And when you've only used one boost, it doesn't hurt. I've only used one boost, yeah. Yep. And in is Schuster and Garrick. Really like this manly matchup. I think that's left edge is going to carve up. Yep. Um, and... Connolly, Lomilu, who uh, I'm really keen on. So, those three in. Um, captains, it's going to be Tom, I think. Yep. And Vice is going to be Query. And kind of my, my reserves, my hand's kind of forced. 
like I could play Katoa against the Dragons, but I'd rather play, you know, Alamotti, Preston, like uh, my hand's kind of forced with uh, Fafita and AKP out. So, yeah, um, not too many decisions to be made there. Yeah, um, for myself this week, I've already used two boosts. The boosting's not an option for me here. I'm moving Kalen Ponga and Maradonir Kore out, two guys that have somehow stuck in my team the last three weeks for no real good reason. Um, and Jackson Ford and Josh Schuster come in. So that banks me 460k to pretty much go to Heinz Funds in a couple of weeks' time when they come off the buy, as I'm not going to boost to make that move now. And my skipper plans, I think I'll be Vice Cleary in case it's a massive one there because I've got a bit of a feeling about that. However, due to the fact I have no Ruben Garrick, I can't pass up on Captain Turbo just to hedge my bets there a bit there. And if Garrick is to score a few tries, at least I have yeah. Turbo um, assisting on pretty much all of them, really. So, what about your start sits? You got that? Um, well, this is probably the only issue for the week I think I've got one reserve down at fullback obviously with Walsh Um, Jackson Ford is one and I'm pretty much down my last two reserve spots are down to Preston or Joshua Star and in a nutshell I would rather play Jake Preston however I'm worried that if I don't play Shulstar and him and Garrick were to kill it, I'm even further behind. So I think that's another bit of a hedge play that I might just go Shulstar in case they brain yep. it. Preston shouldn't... Against the Cowboy, probably shouldn't go that crazy. They're an all-right defensive unit. Yep. Yeah. Running at Townsend and Hill and Lukey side. Deard and, and Lukey on that their left edge, are right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah... Still, it's that he, he could score. He might not. Like it's he's he's, he's four is about forty. Whereas you know, Schuster could go eighty, ninety. I think I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent certain on what I'm gonna do there. But it look might at the numbers because it, it comes through towards. Um, you can see the starting percentage and and um, bench percentage. Yeah. Look at the numbers. If it looks like everyone's going Schuster, you probably can't risk missing out on an eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time, especially in a week like this where you know. Where my hand's forced with some Titans guys on the buy. Yep, so this week, um, for us, it's a bit of a holding week, I guess. Hoping Heinz doesn't kill us again. Mm. Playing with fire there, and for myself, also missing out on possible Garrick big scores. So I'm holding on, hoping I can hold my rank and make up some moves yep. in the next few weeks' time, sort of um, catch back up there. Yeah, big so, time. Yeah. yeah, it's just going to be about, you know, consolidating. We've just got to hold on. Hopefully, Hollins doesn't go 180 again. I'm, I'd be happy with 110, and, you know, we just move from there. Next week, hopefully, it's going to be a big green arrow when we um when Hines is on by. So just just a bit of a finish here. Um, I'd like to plug our uh, Instagram and Twitter, which we've been pretty active on recently yep. and um, trying to build a bit of a community over there. Our uh, DMs, and, you know, you can tweet at us all the time. It's always open, you know, I one of us will be there to respond, we'll just sign our name and, um, you know, we can help out with whatever you guys need, pretty much. Um, so it's road, number two, rank, number one, all one word on Twitter. And then I'm pretty sure the Instagram's the yeah, same. Instagram's so, the same. So, um, yeah, you know, get on there, give, give us a follow, give us a like, you know, all that, all that good stuff. Um, keep sharing the podcast around, you know, we're trying to build a good community here. 
um, keep it kept talking to us, you know. Um, yeah, so pretty happy with how it's all going so far. Yeah, so good luck to all for following round. Hopefully good scores for all again. And um, we'll see you next Wednesday. Yep, see you then. Good luck, fellas.